Yeah. Ready? <laughs> yeah. Let's get it. I'm telling you why. You can see in their eyes, and boys ain't playing, they ready to ride. Shaking the challenge, just screaming and yell if you ain't ready. You can hear Hey Scott, man. It's a great song. Get us another one, man. Cameras out, and they steady flashing. Captain's out, we about to get it cracking. Full of crashing in between those lines. You boys, we about to ride. We're a band of brothers, and we stick together like an army mission. One is war time. We stacking them W's, pay attention. Ponies coming with apprehension. We stay on top of our division. Went from BCS buses to playoff contenders. We on the rise up. Now the boys mad, mad, mad. We have to tighten them boys up. Yeah, you fans. We on the rise up. Now the boys mad, mad, mad. We have to tighten them boys up. Hey, Scott. That's nice. Nice. Thanks, K Scott. Nice. We do appreciate you letting us use that, and it's a great song. Isn't it, though? Utah fans. Go Utes. Happy summer. It's 4th of July week. Yeah, it is the 4th of July weekend. Here, go blow some stuff up. <laughs> Fireworks are banned. I don't care. <laughs> not, the little, not the little ones I buy for $400. That go, $400. That goes, <laughs> that's the end. Just buy the little snaps, and your kids okay, are happy. Okay, freak. Okay. Welcome to Utah Football Fans Podcast, one and all. I'm Gary Axsmith, Bryn Whitchurch, and I'm with back. Us, James Russin is back he's here. after a hiatus. We're, we don't know what he's been doing. We're not going to ask. Who cares? Nobody cares. Who cares? We're all together, <laughs> podcasting, and you know what? We're only two months out. My gosh, two months out. Let's, so let me ask you this right off the top. What would, so we're two months away. I mean, what would Undefeated. be... Undefeated. What would be <laughs> your excitement meter at this point with two months to go? What is or what would what is? be? What, what is? What is my I mean, excitement meter? Yeah. Your well, level of excitement with two months to go. Are we saying like one to ten here? Yeah, that, something like that. I'll be honest. I'm low right now. I'm probably like a three because I just, I'm not in the mentality yet. What about you, James? I yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm like a three or a four. I don't even really think about it much. I mean, camp hasn't really kicked off yet, and last year was such a weird year that I was like, my mind space was outside football. But, man, I can tell you. Oh, I'll tell you this. I played a hockey game the other day over at Steiner. Got out of my car. And they were practicing the drums. Uh, mm, Holy yeah. cow. I've been able to hear them. Oh, baby. That does it. I uh, Yeah, the heart rate went up, and that got me a little excited. Can I say what I am excited about now? I know this is football. This is Utah football fans. Excited about the Olympics. We have three, three gymnasts. gymnasts going to Tokyo. That is pretty cool. I'm sorry, but that's huge. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Michaela Skinner, which we've seen perform. She's amazing. The two girls, they're going to be freshmen. Grace McCallum, nice. Kara Eaker are going to the Olympics, and then next year they're coming and will be on the Red Rock team as freshmen. That's huge. I'm excited about it. Go Utes. Go Utes. Yeah, that is exciting. Congrats to yeah. all. That's neat. That's really neat, actually. Uh, but, yeah, as far as excitement goes, I'm at the starting gate. It's, yeah, we don't even have, camp hasn't started, all that kind of stuff. But, you you know, it's it's out there. It's not that far away. It just feels like it's been forever. I know we had a season last year. It was a weird season. Right. All the crap. I'm not going to rehash all that. But, yeah, it's come. It's it's starting to come. Now, I'm sure all or most, anyway, are aware of what the schedule is going to be. We start September 2nd, which is a Thursday, everybody. 
against Weber State. <laughs> and my understanding is we don't have a time yet. No. On Thursday. We don't. September 2nd. Then we play the Zubies, which is a Saturday, September 11. That We do have a time on that one, 8.15, down in Zubieville. Uh, and then we go to San Diego State, which I still don't get. I still don't get that one. A they 5 o'clock game. Here. That's a Saturday. Um, then our real first home game, I mean, you know, <laughs> is Washington State, September 25. We don't have a time on that. Then we head off to USC, and then there's the rest of the schedule. So, right. I mean, it's it, it's coming. It's cool. Um, let me ask you this, though. Let's start right here. Uh, topic one. Topic one. Rapid fire. Let's go. So, you know, <laughs> athletic directors all got together with the, with the new commissioner. Oh, yeah, about that Larry Scott. Yeah. Larry's on the curb, baby. Scott's gone. Gone. Good riddance. So... <laughs> I, I mean, it should chant be. Larry Scott there for a second. <laughs> I had to stop myself. <laughs> you got to spit everywhere when you, you do. That's uh, the spitter. If anyone's been listening to us for years, yeah, you'll know you can... about the spitter who sits behind what's us. What's he going to yell now? Larry what's, what's Scott. The, what's the new guy's Larry. name? I don't even. I, I don't. Doesn't have the ring doesn't to have it, the, probably. Doesn't have the same. No. No. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, they had this meeting, and... They were talking about two two things, which I think is interesting for discussion, uh, what you guys think. One is reduce conference games from nine to eight. Now, that's what the SEC does. Mm-hmm. And the re- part of the reasoning anyway is that the Pac-12 choose each, o- choose each other up because we get an extra loss or whatever because we're playing one more conference game where in the SEC, and usually it's in November, well, they don't have a game. They play play some patsy. Yeah, they At least play some a of cupcake them do. like Coastal Carolina. They put it on their schedule to win. <laughs> so so there's, there's that issue. What, what do you think about going from 9 to 8 of conference games? I love it. I think that every... P5 school should have the same. Whether everyone's doing nine or everyone's doing eight. Because you're exactly right. Like, we beat each other up. We're playing an additional team from the north. We're playing Washington. Or Washington State, for example, this year. Where we could schedule Wyoming to come down to Rice Cycles. And it's an automatic W, which is exactly what the SEC does. So... I think it's. I think it, we need to go that route. So we're matching up with the other conferences. I agree that I feel like it should be level with every conference. Every conference. Jeez. God dang, dude. What, what do you have in there? Should I tell you? Well, yes, this sure. This is a Gary Axsmith cocktail right here. 2.0 or is it the, the original? No, I put in a peach. Peach something. So <laughs> it's Mountain Dew and a Red Bull peach. <laughs> I won't be. I'll, I'll fall You're, asleep about five o'clock. Yeah, this, you don't. This morning. You don't sleep. <laughs> anyway, um, that's what you hear sloshing. Yeah, around. try no. it. Can you stop? <laughs> sloshing. Trying to talk around. over here. Okay. What I was saying <laughs> is that I do agree. I feel like every conference should be the same, and I understand why the SEC does it, but I kind of think it's bullcrap because we're the. I think we're the only conference that plays nine conference games, though. I don't yeah, know if that is. But it's uh, there might be one other. Like we were saying. Weber State, oh, woohoo! San Diego State, oh, woo-hoo. Like, you don't care about those games. I get that they're an automatic win, but part of me wants 
the okay, what competition. What if we got Oklahoma State, though? Like, that's the thing. Because well, we, ha- we have a built-in every year we're, we're going to play BYU because of the rivalry. <laughs> then there's always, you're always going to play down a tier. It's like, it's like tier A, B, C, D. But I don't think that's what would happen. If we no, added a non-conference, not. they're going to schedule the cupcakes so that they can win because well, that's what all the other conferences do. And that kind of bugs me. It's like, let's be playing level teams here. I think, no, I think the Big Ten, Big 12, ACC, and the Pac-12 play nine game. Really? Conference schedules. Oh, I was totally wrong there. The SEC? No, no. no. ACC. Oh, ACC. See, we're all, look, here's how I look at it. I, in theory, I would agree that, I mean, you know, obviously this is my feel. In theory, it should be even, you know, because it matters in playoffs. Yeah. Get into the playoffs, that kind of thing. But honestly, if it's just to get us another win, would I rather play a North team like Washington? I don't care who, but anybody, but say a Washington or an Oregon. I Even even Oregon State versus bringing in Wyoming to get a win, I'd rather play the a better team and see it. Not if you lose. Uh, yeah, I would. I'd rather play good teams and play crap. Waste it, waste it. We play eight good teams every year. Okay, six. Let's just say it's six because it's, you're always going to have the Arizonas of the world. But how many times have we played Washington, Oregon, and Stanford when they're good, and we lose to two North teams? We sweep the South, but because of those two North team losses, we're second place. Or you're outside the playoff looking in because now you're 10-2. and two. Whereas if you play, yeah, it's not exciting. I'm gonna, it's UNLV awful. coming to Rice Cycles does not, Blow my skirt up. No, nobody goes to it. It's not the level of excitement. And but you're eleven and one now. But uh, no, you would. You're no. telling me. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna line you up and go eleven and one, and you are in the conversation for the college football playoff. Or Oregon can come to town. You lose the game. You're ten and two, and you're on the outside looking in. You're gonna take the eleven and one all day, every day. I think it gets so. Boring. Alabama. Can you imagine being Alabama fans and you go... Yeah, and winning national championships every year and going 12-0? and It's not just because they have... They're freaking good. They beat everybody. Yes. But they also don't take any risk. As a fan, like, you go, you're going to win. Woohoo. There's no excitement. There's no anything. There's no excitement? No, I feel like there's no excitement for those fans. They have 55 national championships in the last eight years. Yeah, and they don't give a crap because they don't appreciate it. No, they're... they're, Look... (laughs) Time, calm, calm thyself. I appreciate where you're coming from. I don't want to play UNLV or Wyoming or St. Mary's of the Wasatch instead of having Oregon or Washington or someone come in and play. That's just me. Okay, I I get I get that if we could guarantee a win, hey, I don't know, whatever it sounds good, but I don't want to give up a good team every year. Make the SEC play another. And that's the other argument, is then you make them play. But they're not going to do it. They do whatever they want. They do whatever the heck they want. (laughs) All right. Now, in the future, now, here's the other side of it, though. Okay. We're going to Florida in three or four years. We're going to Arkansas. We're Mm -hmm. going, I mean, we are scheduling some decent South opponents, which is super, super exciting. I'm going (laughs) (laughs) mortgage my house to to, to go to Florida. That I'm all on board with. If you had a Weber State, 
as a, a, a tier three. A BYU is a tier two. <laughs> a, that's that's generous. Okay, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and then, and then you schedule a Florida or a I don't even know a, a you know Big Ten school or a, a a Big Twelve school. A Michigan State. You do a home and home that way. Then I'm all on board. If you if you replace that Pac-12 with a Penn State, for example, someone that we don't see a bunch, that would be amazing. But that goes against your. And we already have three non-conference. Go, I want, but I also want to see teams that I don't see every. Okay, year. then do that with our normal three games instead of Weber State. Like you just said, a tier one, tier That's two. Tier They're always going to do that though, because especially you, they want to have the ramp up games and the warm up games. I understand that. But if you have four opportunities to schedule teams that aren't in your conference, you can play with that. You can have two crap teams, a decent team, and then a, a Michigan. I mean, Michigan came to Rice Cycle Stadium. Your argument, though, is, I mean, I, I like it. I like seeing other teams, no question about it. So if you go to eight and you're – the idea, though, of going to eight is to, to put in a pansy so you can win. Right. That that's what you were saying a second ago with like Wyoming, but if you put in Penn State or Michigan, then it defeats the purpose. Defeats the purpose. I'd rather go view. to eight, even if one of those teams was instead of Oregon was Penn State. I would rather do that every year. Well, okay, we disagree. That's cool. Here's the other part, though. Here's what they also discussed. Fine. I mean, I'm used to being right here on this program anyway. So. Um, there were talks also of eliminating the North and South divisions and just having the one conference, the Pac-12 conference, with the two top teams just playing for the championship. What's their reasoning for that? What's the argument for that? Um, I don't know. I, didn't, I don't know all the reasoning for it. I didn't look deeply into it. It was more of a summary of what they did, and they mm. talked about that. Mm. I would presume... I would presume this. Uh, there have been times in one of the conferences, or rather, in one of the divisions, a team can be, you know, have like four losses and be playing for the championship, while the team in the other division can have a win. Like the person, the team that wins has one win or one loss. The other team has two losses. Yet they're out. Yeah. Yeah. I so that's well. That's the South. I feel like the last happened. few years. Yeah. Yeah. But so you're getting the teams with the two. Two best records. Yeah. Uh, I see some... I actually see some value in that. I think it makes it tougher if your division is weaker. See, if your division's the weaker division, then it's an advantage to you. Yeah, you have to beat one decent team usually. I mean, you look at the North Division the last couple years. It's been Oregon and Washington. Washington. There's one... Stanford was just out of it this time, but... I mean... They're usually there. But yeah, it's usually one maybe two teams. They don't beat each other up, and it, it kind of goes back and forth between the two, the two divisions. But this way, yeah, where you, I mean, it's it's interesting. You're, you're just competing with those four or five, was it five teams in your division? Well, it was six and divisions. six. Six and six. Six yeah. and six in your own division. I don't know. Hmm. This way, it, it, I think it makes it a little more difficult. To get to the playoff, unless you're, you, I mean, it would make you the really the two top teams because you have to be either one or t- the one and two goes to the Pac-12 championship. championship. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, I don't say know. you're in a division where a team is freaking, I don't know what it is, six and four. You can, I think Utah almost get in there at six and four or something or. Yeah. Like year. Their second year, they, because SC was suspended. So they had a chance to be there at like. So you can lose three and games and, and get in there. I know. I think it's happened. I don't have this, you know, I don't have all of the tallies in front of me of all the years, but I think that's probably happened in a division to team that had more losses gets to the championship team. It's like UCLA when you're, I can't remember. They were okay. Mm-hmm. They went. To oh, the, it happens frequently where one team is obviously superior mm-hmm. because they had to beat three other decent teams. And then the other team that's there is just happy to be there. And you watch the first quarter and it's 34 to three and the game's over. So, on one level, it feels to me, at least as it's been recently, I don't feel like, and this is my view, I don't feel like the South is, for the last number of years, I mean, there might be some hiccups here, but has been as strong as the North. I don't know if, if that would be true or not overall. I think, I, that's tr- I, think, I think that's true, though, when you look at Oregon <clears throat> and Washington, how good they – well, look where they've been. Those two teams, yeah. they've been winning everything. Stanford had a down year or two, but they're always right in the mix. Basically, what it came down recently with Utah was, was USC. USC. But it, it's always going to be I still way. think the South hasn't been as tough. You're that's, always going to be top-heavy. Inf- top. Even if you win all 12 in, in one pool, there's always going to be three or four teams at the top. But then you're even going to have the argument of because you're not playing everybody, right? Your your schedule no. is going to be these eight or nine teams. You're gonna you're gonna dodge somebody somebody. So there's always there's always going to be the. I guess the bottom it. line is, do you like the idea or not? Now that we've just kind of threw I, it out, I there. have no idea what my opinion is on it. Yeah, I, I don't really know. I think the way it's built right now with North and South, it's it's easier to kind of keep track of these are your, we know that these are our South teams. We're playing them every year. North teams rotates. So it's kind of easier that way. But no, I don't know that I really see the argument for keeping it or for foregoing it. I don't really know. I don't have an opinion. I see the argument for going for it with teams that have had like a two loss they could even have a one loss, but because of whatever in your division, have one loss, and the other team beats you. Therefore, you're out of the playoff. While the team in the other division has four, has losses. three or four losses, and you're out. Yeah, that's the reasoning. I, I mean, think you, you said, would get a more pure champion. I think you do. Yeah, you said that. The, you feel like the North is dominated, but I, I think that should look into that. I think that's true, but I feel like the South, we're all kind of level, like. We, it's more competition, I feel like, in the South. Except that, who's won the last, who's won the championships lately? But I'm meaning, I think the Oregon, North. Oregon, Oregon, yeah. Washington. Yeah. Washington. So, but to your point, yeah, the North might have an edge up, but with the South, it's like you've got Utah, USC, ASU, UCLA sometimes thrown. I feel like there's more teams in the South that line up equally, whereas the North, it's always just Oregon, Washington. Well, yeah, but I, yeah, I, I would agree with that, but so you're I'm looking to get the two top teams. I think yeah. that's, that's what is pure. Well, you the way you said it a second ago, I think that's what. It is. So I'm looking at the 2019. I'm skipping last year. I'm looking at the 2019 yeah. where we played Oregon in the championship. I, I don't know if it would have mattered because Oregon was overall 12 and two, eight and one in conference. 
Utah was also eight and one in conference. So it would have yeah. been those two teams anyway. That's fair. Yeah. But then to kind of to your point, USC was seven and two. We that was a year, you know. So everything other than that, dude, it was in in the South, UCLA, four and five, Arizona State, four and five, mm-hmm. Colorado, three and six. The North, same thing. It go, it literally goes Oregon eight and one. The second place team is Oregon State at four and five. Wow. Oh my god. Four and gosh. five, four and five, four and five. Three and six, three and six. So it was, again, Jeez. crazy top heavy. The three top teams and then breaking trash. Down so that would have played out the same way. The same, the way. same way. So that's just one example. Um, but let's say Utah and Oregon happened to have been in the same division at the time. Then you could have had a freaking four and five Oregon State playing in the championship game. So, well, No. Yeah, like if, if, if oh yeah, if yeah, Oregon, yeah, that's exactly, exactly. If Oregon was in the South, and they're twelve and or ten and one, and we're eight and two, but we were both in the South. That's the that's what they're trying to get away from, I yeah. believe. Yeah. yeah, and so that makes sense. That's why I think the the idea of just a conference like the other, I don't think these other conferences As divisions. I think a lot I SEC a lot. does, but the others don't. I believe something like that. I don't well, know. This got sprung on me, so we'll I don't see. even. I don't know. Anyway, think about it. They talked about it. It's not. I mean, it's. Not eminent, but right. hey, it was. It's an interesting conversation. So let's just reha- uh, rehearse again some of the new additions to our roster, which is unbelievable. I, th- <laughs> yeah. I wrote them down real quick. The ones I could remember. Um, of course, at QB Brewer, Curry and Pledger at running backs, uh, solid. Uh, another r- running back, Tavion Thomas. And these are just guys that have transferred. Transferred. To us. These to aren't. Us. The, these aren't the four-star kids that have signed with. This us. is the transfer. Yeah. The, the transfer portals. Yeah. Um, Brandon McKinney. He's played four seasons with Washington as a safety. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a safety linebacker kind of a dude, so he'll fit really well. Theo Howard is a wide receiver out of Oklahoma, who also was at UCLA, and he has played. He played at Rice Eccles for UCLA, then went to Oklahoma, and now he's with us. Cool. Mm-hmm. Josh uh, Calvert, linebacker from Washington. Mm-hmm. He played two seasons. I think his brother, he was recruited by Utah, and he chose Washington over Utah. I think his brother is coming into Utah as a freshman, so now he's here as a linebacker, which we need. That's sweet. Uh, I saw we just got a new wide receiver. I, I don't know how you say it. It's Munir McLean from USC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we did get a commit who's supposed to be pretty talented, but you know how that goes out of, out of California. But those are the ones I remember. I'm sure I'm missing some people there. That's crazy. But, and this is talent. Yeah. I was, yeah, those dudes are like four star out of high school kind of guys or guys who have played big time ball. I mean, we got receivers coming in from Oklahoma and, and USC yeah, a receiver from USC, you know he's going to be good. Huh. I was talking to s- somebody. Coach Whittingham? Say who. Was it coach? <laughs> coach? Was it know-it-all Bill? I was... No, <laughs> nostrils? <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to somebody who... Know someone. Close to the program. I know your source. Okay. No, you don't. I, Not on this I one. I know your source. Not on this one. We have the same source. Not on this one. Okay. All I know is that... I don't know if this means anything. You can say what you want. But the, the feeling at the top, from like Whittingham down, 
with this group they've got is that there is real excitement about the caliber of team that we've got. Yeah. Now they always say it every year. Yeah. Okay, I know. I know. But I know. they they just when you look at these numbers or these names, Brewer at quarterback. Yeah, Brewer's the guy, by the okay. way. Okay. The running back situation. That looks and that's that's with um we have Brumfeld and dang it, who am I missing? Gosh, I don't have it pulled up in front of me. It's it's too sorry. It's, it's summer, Gary. My brain's turned anyway, off. Anyway, and then all these guys <laughs> yeah. come in. Linebacker, safety, wide receivers, plus our lines coming back. Well, that's the that's defense the that we've got. The the holes had. that we the biggest holes and question marks that we had. Linebacker number one, we lost Nakua to BYU. Darn. A guy that caught like four balls for us last year, and all of a sudden, I'm supposed to care. Everyone was having a cow. Everyone was caring. And then we fill it with dudes from Oklahoma <laughs> and USC, so I'll take that upgrade any day. So we filled... Athletes, man! We filled quarterback, we filled linebacker, we filled safety, we filled wide receivers. I'm feeling pretty yeah, good. Yeah, even, and, we, and we even bolstered up our running backs. Absolutely. Who's your, who's your source? Name, name your source. Well, you can't name the source. I can't. His last name you rhymes with no. You would ham. know. You would know. No, no, no. You no, he's would my know. Source. You would know. <laughs> he's my source. You would know who I'm talking about. All right. Maybe, All right. maybe off, off, off the maybe off, off air. People. Off air. You'll tell me. Okay. And then I'll text you because can't wait. Oh, no, that's it's ex- a good beverage. I'll need to give you my concoction again sometime on how to put one of those together. You so could, you should put together like a mixology book and sell it there's only one you need in that it would be three pages they'd all start with mountain dew uh, yeah a red bull and then maybe a flavor okay, of then some it's, kind. it's a pamphlet not a book that's true have like 20 different mixes <laughs> and they're all, all the same the except same. the flavoring the is different yeah, the red bull or every now and then you do a different flavor mountain dew just to mix no, it up no no you'd ruin it no dude code he, red he's a purist no you can't put code red you okay wanna, if you I've put a code it. red with peach and no, with regular. No, okay. Why? Code red by itself, but you can't mix it with a Red Bull. Why? What's the difference? You'll have a freaking heart attack. Okay, I'm going to look up the statistics right now you, and see if Code Red has any more caffeine than regular. I'm it sure does. it doesn't. It does. Oh, my hell. Okay, well, I keep asking you because my okay. husband is in love with the red, white, and blue Mountain Dew. I, which I haven't tried yet. but He, he loves he, it. Every time I see him, he's like, have you tried it yet? <laughs> I'm like, no, I keep forgetting. I it's really good. It's so weird, though, because if you pour it out of the can... It's purple, but the fizz is blue. That's weird. Purple. I'm going to California with your husband here soon. You, I'm sure he'll bring some for so you. So I, I need some. We'll give it a shot. <laughs> no, it's perfect for the 4th of July. He'll bring you some on the 4th of July. Okay. Oh, promise. All right, moving along. <laughs> Utah's been in the Pac-12 10 years. Yeah. One decade. So here's the question. James brought it up earlier today when we were talking. In those 10 years, and you fans listening, ask yourself, what is the your most favorite win mm. in those 10 years? No, 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 no. He said your moment. Your favorite moment. Now, a win, obviously, is going to be high. Uh, you but said if, moment. Okay. If there's something win, else. I mean, it had to. Okay. That stands out. I was out. thinking of win, so I don't know. But anyway. But I, I'm fine with a win. Uh, in 10 years. So think about it. Think about it. Think about it. In 10 years, what... James. 
I don't know if you go first. Yeah, because I can't. My, f- there's a lot. That's the problem. I mean, it, there's there's so many. My favorite moment was beating USC when Tim Patrick caught the touchdown that beat Adoree Jackson in the corner. Yeah, that was my that was my favorite moment. Now that was 2016. Yeah, that was 2016. So that was my favorite within the Pac-12 moment. In the last twelve, in the last ten years, I just stayed within the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot outside, right? That if I wanted to go into stuff, but that in the last decade, because I, it's just I, I actually rewatched it. Somebody put it on Twitter, and there was there was like one or two fourth and tens we had to convert on that drive. I mean, it was crazy. And then to beat a Dory Jackson, who was like rated the number one corner in the in the country at the time, you know, and he gets a wine into the official and. Just how it, that place exploded at the time. Like that's that, cool. My I remember it. Moment. I absolutely remember it. Yeah. Brian? Do you have it or should I? Well, I'll say this isn't game related, but I actually got to be at the press conference when Larry Scott came to Rice Eccles oh, okay. and it was announced that we were joining the Pac-12. Um, we, The Mus president and vice presidents got invited, so I got to be there. And I mean, that was just huge. Yeah, we the Pac-10 was inviting us in Colorado and we were joining a new conference and all of that came with it. And so that stands out to me just because there wasn't a lot of people that got to be there, but I got to be there for that moment. moment. And that's where it all started. And then just to see how much has changed since then and how much we've grown and evolved and Utah football has become what it is. So that's where it all began for me. That's good. Um, so I looked at it, well, they're great moments because they were wins. I did look at, I did think about, to me, the USC wins were big. Yeah. The Kalen Clay one as well. The Kalen Travis. Clay. So there were those two where we beat USC. <laughs> Kalen Clay was with seconds left too. And mm-hmm. I think he faded to the right, right in front, front of us, us, dude. Right in front of me. Um, of course this was an away game, but when we blew the crap out of Oregon, was that cool. was so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way, that felt that feels like it was twelve years ago. Oh, I know. Covey was on that team. <laughs> well, Covey is the one that he's yeah. on that. Team. He's been here for ten years. He's been it here. It feels whole like it was Travis Wilson and Booker was our other was the quarterback in the That's running. Funny. Booker's been in the league for like five years. Yeah, Covey he's, did the trick he's play. On his, he's on his third team, <laughs> and Covey's still with us. <laughs> but yeah, that one was on my list. So there's, but mine was. <clears throat> when Utah beat Stanford, that was their first big signature win in the Pac-12. When Stanford was rated like Stanford fourth. was rated five. Yeah, mm. they had the ball in like I don't know within the five. Yeah, yeah. It was fourth down. With Hogan. They tried yeah. to throw it, didn't make it, and the freaking place yeah, exploded. exploded. It was just, it was like, yeah. To me, that was a cool moment. We've arrived because we just took out. Yeah, I can see that one. Stanford. So I, I That's loved a good that one. moment. Was that the game Marcus went into the locker room? Yes. Or was that was it a USC? That was, no, that was, no, USC. That was a that USC, USC game. USC. <laughs> it might have been the blackout one where we won. It could have been on, the one I said. Well, it was one of those last... It was one of those last... games. And for those of you who are unaware, my younger brother is autistic, but he knows Coach Whittingham very, very well. <laughs> and so, you know, if you've ever been on the field, it, it's barricaded off <laughs> from the locker rooms. Well, we all meet on the field and we're celebrating. We can't find him. We can't find Marcus. And sure, all of a sudden he comes wandering out and we're like, where have you been? He goes, 
I was in the locker room. <laughs> and I go, no way. He said, yeah. I was standing there and Whittingham walks. Hey, hey, Whit. And Whittingham <laughs> goes, hey, Marcus. He's well, in the locker room at celebrating. At the time, Tom Hackett lived just down the street. So like two days later, I saw Tom. Hey, Tom, was Marcus really in the locker room? And Tom's like, yep. He was in there. <laughs> when they're doing the song Cele- and everything. Doing the song yeah. and celebrating. Well, yeah, because we. just walked in. <laughs> just walked in. The social media, Utah football, Maddie, shout out to Maddie. I remember that game. They posted a video and I said, thanks for having Marcus in there. She goes, oh yeah, we loved it. He's so fun. <laughs> so funny. That was, that was classic. By the way, it's I am looking right now at the caffeine. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Are we ready for this? For the... Lay it out on us. So a 12 ounce can of Mountain Dew has 54 mega- milligrams of. Megatons. Megatons, it feels like. <laughs> milligrams of caffeine. of caffeine. Are you ready 54? to know? 54? 54. Would you like to know how much a Code Red has? 54. So your You're little, wrong. Your little claim that you have a heart attack no. and explode <laughs> is the same. It's the, They're the exact same. It's a flame. I'm going to have to verify that. All right. I'll send you this. <laughs> I'll email you this. All right. So. Holy cow. I wish I could say my favorite moment is winning the Pac-12, but we haven't done yeah. it yet, but it's going to happen one of these years. Gonna get, we're, getting, we're getting there. Yep. Um, Back-to-back South champs. Did you... Maybe you saw... Maybe you didn't, but uh, 24-7 Sports just put out, I think it's just recent anyway, the 50 best coaches in the NCAA. And Witt was ranked 16. Of course, number one. Yeah. You've got... Kalani Sataki. You got <laughs> Saban, number two. Satan. Um, Dabo. Dabo. I mean... Orajon, whatever his name is. <laughs> Oh, or or I love drop that guy. I love from that guy. LSU's on there. Who, by the way, don't never forget <laughs> that USC had a chance to hire that guy. Losers, and they were like, "Nope, not for us." Helton is just behind. Helton's in, well, Hel- what? So Helton is in the top twenty-five. I know. I'd have what? to. I'd have to look right here. Ew. So you've got. Okay, well, that- show me one coach who has done less with more talent. <laughs> Than Helton. No kidding. I am fairly certain. Gary Patterson at 20. I could coach USC. Herm Edwards, 21. Well, David Shaw, 22. Be there anymore. Let me see. Hold on. Oh, Dinko Mendenhall is 24. Wow. Roscoe. Roscoe. Roscoe Mendenhall is 24. <laughs> Who did I say? Oh, Helton was 27. Okay. So he's behind waiting. Oh, yeah. I was afraid they would put him at like eight. Leach at 28. And so forth. Hmm. And I'll just make mention, we don't want to talk much about it, but Kalani is not in the top 50 according to this. No, that's not surprising. Oh, so yeah. anyway. So Whittingham is 16. They don't put is 16 of 24 out of 50. I don't. So you've got, let me do, just quick, just quick. So it, put it in perspective. Um, so Ed Orgeron is third. You've got Kirby Smart, who's Georgia's coach. He's at four. Georgia's that team that every year it's like they're just on the cusp, on the cusp, on the cusp, on the cusp. Just and not, they, just, they just never do it. it. They never do it. And it, it's at some point they got to either move on from the guy or get over the hump because it's every year. Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M mm-hmm. is five. He was at Florida Jeez. State, right, for a while. I think that he was the Florida State. Ryan Day, who's Ohio State. He's, yeah, I get. I mean, he's he's a good coach, man. 
Lincoln Riley, who's the Oklahoma coach, he's seven, according to these guys. Brian Kelly's number eight at, at Notre Dame. I think that's bull crap. That's bull. I, I, I'm sorry. Of the ones we've... Sorry, Kelly. That's the first he's got to be back, dude. That's the first one on the list that I just go, no. No, he's, I, he's rated. It's the, it's the Notre Dame Notre by Dame, his name. man. Get him a coach. If he's with Oklahoma State. He's ranked 33 on you the know, list. Yeah. It, sorry. Mm. I'm not agreement with that one. Screw you, Kelly. Dan Mullen, Florida, Utah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Herb. Yeah, number 10, James Franklin, Penn State. He's a good coach. He's a good coach. He's kind of fallen off for me a little bit. They've had a back-to-back tough years, but we'll see this year. Let's see. Gus Malzon, I think it is. He's Auburn. I don't know, man. Auburn. That's This one, I, I just, at 12, Jim Harbaugh. I think it's a name. Oh, it's a name, dude. Yeah. 12. 12? He has never done anything I know. to at live Michigan, up to the man. hype. Well, yeah. even at Stanford, it was like, wow, he's really... But he never won anything at Stanford. They, did, they didn't... I just... I don't hmm. know. That, uh, I'm not with that one. This one, Mario Cristobal from Oregon. He should be higher, in my view. What's he at? He's 13. See, he needs to be higher than... I, th- I would put him in the top 10. I, I agree. He's, he's... I mean, he is writing checks up there like crazy to people. <laughs> He's, they get, get good Nike. money they from this. Good money. <laughs> Fourteen. Paul Christ, Wisconsin. Yeah, I put Whatever. him on the same team. Tom Herman, fifteen. Texas. He's turned him around. Actually, yeah, he actually has done a good job. And then, and then you yeah, got Whit. So Whittingham's I the mean, second Pac-12. Would you lay it out Coach. like that? And it's hard to argue. I mean, you could, you could. Kelly's got to get out of there. Kelly Harbaugh, Harbaugh, Harbaugh. You kick those. I and then Whittingham's fourteen. That's top 15 coach. I'll take a top 15 coach. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. Okay, another topic. Um, Rapid fire. Obviously, there's debates going on or or discussion. It it might very well happen is a 12-team playoff instead of the Mm. 14-team playoff. Mm -hmm. Um, Initial thoughts on that, man. So – Twelve teams. I know there's people who've wanted to go to eight and blah, yeah. but, but that's getting no traction. My understanding, no, it's not. It's, it's the twelve team is what the traction well, and is. It's all money driven. I mean, you they're looking at it and they're like, if I put twelve teams in, that's two extra games and that's an extra billion dollars for our pocketbook. So, mm-hmm. so what does that do? Gives a quarterfinal. Is it a quarterfinal? Basically, quarterfinals. Yeah. Semifinals. semifinals final. Yeah. I am a eight team guy. I think that you. You have eight teams as the perfect number because then you've got the P5s. Every winner of their P5 gets a team in. Mm-hmm. Then you've got three at-larges, and that then the debate begins. Then you've got you know, the Mountain West school that went undefeated, you know, the Boise's or whoever it might be, and or you know another SEC team. That, to me, is a, a good formula. I would love to see that. Twelve is too freaking many. You're taking the top 12 teams. That's too many. It if, does, you, if you can't break in the top 10, you don't deserve to be in, in the playoff. It feels like a lot. 12 feels like a lot. I agree with you. I think 8 feels doable and decent. And like you said, you take those top 5, and then it allows 3. Because with 12, I don't know. At 12, you, I mean, there's been years where Utah, they're pushing for it, you know, and all... 
and other times you can look at it and go, we guys got to finish the top 12. Big freaking deal. If we win the Pac-12 or not, who cares? We're going to give it in. This puts a... Eight teams puts a lot more pressure. Well, and it would then add... So if it's 12 teams, you're adding an extra game. I don't know. Like, it's... <laughs> All of a sudden, you're 15-0, and 16-0, or whatever it would... Be. I mean, it's that's a lot of teams. Well, you're adding playoff games. So yeah. I'm saying you're adding expenses to the program, to the team, to the athletic departments, to the fans. But, of course, they're all making money, the oh. sponsors and the networks and all of that, so that's why they want to do it. But so, I don't know. I think eight seems... Here's the breakdown. It's not, eight's not going to happen. They're not, that's not got no, it has yeah. no traction. It has no traction It's 12, and so what it is, um, it would consist of the six highest-ranked conference champions... Six? Uh-huh. Six at-large spots going to the highest-ranked remaining teams. All determined by the CFP Selection Committee. So rankings, not the AP or or whatever. None of the – that's or the coaches poll. It's the main poll. So you're saying it's – The wait. six highest-ranked conference champions. So meaning hmm. a conference champion, but it, it – Highest-ranked conference champion. So if there's a bunch of different conference champions, which there's more than six conferences, the highest-ranked conference champions are automatically in. If you're giving me a choice between four and 12, and I love watching the playoffs, I'm taking the four. I think 12, you're starting to get into the realm of of the NCAA basketball tournament where, I mean, 64 teams are getting into that. I know it's 12 and 64, big difference. But you're getting to the point where it's like, yeah, you were kind of semi decent. You you won a couple of games. You could you could have teams in there that are nine and three, eight and four. They they're not deserving to be in the in the playoff, in my opinion. So I well, stick with four. The highest four. ranked conference champions would be se- would be seated one through four, with the remaining teams seated five through twelve. The top four teams would earn a first round bye, with the remaining eight teams would play highest ranked teams serving as the host. Yeah. Um, the quarterfinals, eight remaining teams, four games, and semifinals would be played in bowl games. Mm-hmm. The national championship would be as same as the same format. I like it. Personally, I would go for it. I mean, I do like that it gives the underdogs a chance to play some of these bigger teams and maybe beat them. I mean, hello, us in the Sugar Bowl. Well, I'm not sure if it's an underdog because what it's saying is the top six conference champions – so, as it now is, it's not even conference champions. No, it's not. You could no. win your conference and not technically I, I feel in. like, so what this does is, and people have whined about that. Mm-hmm. Well, the, con- the conference champion should be automatically in. Well, I agree. I, for me, I, f- I like the idea of having the conference champion of the Pac-12 in the playoff to go all the way. Mm-hmm. And if they're ranked high, if the, if the Sun Belt is ranked higher, they're in, but they're not going to be. Uh, one of these Power Five, if you win your conference, you're going to be in the top six. That's how I look at it. And then there's going to be somebody else. But be that as it may, I feel like those, those teams should be in. And then what happens is then you can, by the rankings, bring in the other highest-ranked teams. So, therefore, you could get... You get. I think these teams are worthy to be there. Okay, I'll sign on for this. If you do this, I'll sign on for twelve teams. So the first, the four top-rated teams have a bye, right? So then the, you're, there's the eight other teams that are playing. 
the top rated four of those teams get to play another home game. So if Utah's rated fifth, they're not one of the top five teams, but they're rated fifth. Now they're playing the 12th ranked team. You play at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how they. I don't know they're going to do it, but it goes. I know, but I'm saying that would be a way they could do it that way. Because then they're not doing the travel thing, right? Giving it's giving an advantage to the team that's a higher rated team, and it's possible they would do it that way. Then they get an extra home game. Sign me up for that. It does open the door to what we talked about at the very beginning, where you would maybe get to play these teams that you don't normally get to play in a season. So Utah could end up playing an Ohio State or a Penn State or. Things like that. So oh, it, yeah, massive games. It opens the door, and it opens the door for these elite teams that can just never lose to maybe lose every once in a while, which would be wonderful because I'm so sick of seeing the same four teams. Clemson versus Alabama yeah. versus Ohio State in the I, I think it's great. I, I would I would go for it. You gave the example of the 64 teams. I mean, you can't go with football. That's an impossibility. But the one thing about I do like about the basketball format is typically speaking, there's always someone that com- or mm-hmm. more well, than just always one, upset. a bunch of teams actually <clears throat> that take out the so-called giant big names. Yep. Well, yeah, I mean, Brent said it right. We were the twelfth seed for our entire. I mean, other than the Pac-12, right? I mean, Utah should be playing Alabama. Well, then you go and you beat them. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, okay, now we play again. Now we're in the semifinals against Ohio State right. because you earned that right. And I yeah. understand that. I just I just don't want it to go from, well, now we're 12 teams. Okay, now we're going to be 16 teams because it's, it just, it's too many it's too, too many games anyway. For, I just uh, feel like it, eight is the right number between the two. I, 12, man, if you're the 12th best team in the country, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Well, then they would lose the first round and then – Hey, who's to say? Maybe that's what I'm saying. I want to see. Yes. I want to see. It you would make know. these games would. It oh, would don't matter. get me wrong. I will be watching. I this. dig them. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. part of it. I'll be watching because these these are re- these really matter. Yeah, I want to see the conference champions and these at large play because that's what will happen. Yeah, I mean, you get Houston and Ohio State. <laughs> I'll watch that freak, <clears throat> and then that that takes them into the quarterfinal. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's go here. This is the biggest topic of the day, actually. Um, let me pull this up right there. I think probably everyone has heard that student athletes now can get basically paid for their name, image, uh, likeness. As of today. As of today. Mm -hmm. The (laughs) landscape has changed in the, uh, just not football. This is all Mm -hmm. student athletes. All sports. So... Whatever you think of Paul Feinbaum, Mr. SEC, who's biased, uh, whatever. But I've got just, it's about a minute and a half uh, interview. It's not really an interview, his his view of what just happened. I think this would give us a good starting point to to give some thoughts and ideas of what just happened today. I'm not sure if we all realize. It's a big deal. um, This is massive. This This changes stuff. All sports. To... So, but we're talking football. Um, it's never going to be the same. No going back after today. No. But let's hear what he has to say. Let me, uh, let's cue that baby up. Today is the most significant day in the history of the NCAA. And that is not an understatement, Fitz. Because of what is, uh, what is crumbling today, the, the model of the NCAA is, is coming down 
and you can never put it back up again. The worth, the worth, the, the, the fact that the, the NCAA is really worthless after today is also a very significant moment. But, you know, many are arguing, you know, good or bad. Many are arguing pro or con. But uh, this day has been coming for a long time, and, and everyone seems prepared. Uh, the athletes seem prepared. We in the media have been covering it, uh, you know, as, as competitively and as aggressively as we can. The only people who don't seem to have a clue on July 1st, 2021, are the people who are in charge of this, and that's the NCAA. They, 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 they waited until yesterday to finally put this thing into motion, and the one thing that they were hoping to avoid, and that, had, that being chaos on July 1st, is exactly what we're going to have today. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. Uh, it depends on where you are, and uh, depending on which state you're in, will determine what kind of rules there are. And the NCAA passed what would only be described as an emergency uh, stopgap to to give people who to give athletes in states who don't have uh, NIL legislation something to adhere to. But but at the end of all of this, the, it really doesn't matter whether there are rules or not because no one is really in charge. Uh, who is going to enforce these rules? Uh, it is going to be the wild wild west. The the, uh, the athletes are going to make money, uh, and, and the schools are going to be looking around like, uh, what can we do about it? And the answer is nothing. Hmm. I mean, That's, I'm not... I like his summary from what I've read. Let me just... I'll, before Brent, sorry, yeah. sorry to jump in on that. I yeah. mean, I think we're at the, your place. We're just at the beginning of this, so who, who knows? I've tried to read up on it. I read Harlan, mm-hmm. his, his stuff. A lot of people are... Are sugarcoating things, trying to to emphasize the positive, which is good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get that. I don't think they want to acknowledge basically the stuff he just said. Yep. That's so. What were you going to say? Well, Sorry I was just going to say, is anyone shocked that the NCAA screwed this up completely? No. <laughs> no. I mean, they're just worthless. It seems like, especially the last few years. But my biggest worry in all of this is. I do fear for these athletes um, either getting taken advantage of or just not knowing how to manage this kind of thing. I mean, you think about it, these kids are 18, 19 years old, and suddenly you're going to have people coming at you with money, 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 and they don't know how to deal with that. And so I actually do appreciate our athletics department has kind of tried to get ahead of that a bit, and they're working with you know, the school of business mm-hmm. and some of these uh, counselors and aides to try and help the athletes along because I, that's what I foresee happening is a lot of student athletes getting taken advantage of. There's going to be some that are going to make a lot of money, but if you don't have people in place to make sure that you're managing that money well, it's all going to be for naught. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I don't, I'm kind of on both sides of this. I think it's, I think it's great on one side that if, if you're a student athlete and you have 700,000 followers on Instagram because you play for a certain school, now you can, you know, be with a protein company and, and make some money. I have no problem with that. My biggest thing, and it's a reality is you look at some of these schools that have major boosters and it's going to be, Hey dude, come play at USC I own a Porsche dealership. Mm-hmm. I'll give you seventy five thousand dollars and a Porsche 
to come to USC, right? There's and that that's that that is the change. Now it's not every not every player. They're trying see that. I'll just then you continue, but <clears throat> you can read the articles and they're trying to say that you can't do that. They're trying to say that you can't do okay, that. Okay, so trying to do, but like what Feinbaum just said. Yeah. Who's enforcing right now? It? Who's in charge? That's, yeah, that's the point. Who's going to enforce all that? No one's going to enforce it, and. The reality is a lot of this stuff happens anyway. It's all behind scenes. Now it's just coming to the forefront, and now it's going to be a lot more accessible. I have no problem if Swig wants to pay Covey, you know, $800 so that he holds a drink on his Instagram. I have no problem with that. But like I said, I'm very worried that the rich is just going to get richer. Ohio State, Florida, Alabama, they've got these people that it's like, you know, I'll pay you $2 million and well, give you a Bentley to come play football for I us. I mean, Oregon. Come play Oregon. for Oregon, and you get a Nike campaign. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's the point. That's what the NCAA has been avoiding. I mean, that's what compliance is. That's what all of these rules have been in place for. And I understand that the athletes do put in so much, and they're not allowed to make money. But we have had this conversation before. They're, all, they're getting a free education, which that's not nothing but where do you draw the line? There's and right no now, line. there is no line because, as Feinbaum said, nobody has established well, what the, it actually means. So the, he, he caught what he said is that the NIL is what they call it. Every state has their own laws. Yeah. Which, again, <laughs> and is some a, states don't have laws. And that's, and that's where the NCA has just put into place some rules to help the states that don't have those laws. So not only are states going to be different, some states don't have the rules yet. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's the wild, wild west. They can say a whole bunch of stuff. But who who is going to enforce this? This I, I, I fully am in agreement with these athletes to make money on who they are. I don't know. That's fine with me. Cool, do it. What I worry about... <clears throat> is the destruction of college football. If that's going to be quick or not, that it, they turn it in to semi-pro ball, or that's, that's what worries me because now the door is open. Well, it's every college sport. And, it, and it, what it is is huge money. Mm-hmm. So what you said, James, is, is it going to screw with the competitive and recruiting nature? Probably. 100% it will. And will it go beyond that? You see, this is, and then here's the other thing. We don't know, really, but they're all looking to Congress to come up with yeah, that'll happen quick. a universal <laughs> set of rules. Are you effing f- kidding me? <laughs> Congress to solve this problem? Out of everything? You, Congress can't even... We're not going down. Congress sucks. <laughs> and, we, and we want them to, to make this work for college athletes. There was a paragraph... In this article from ESPN, and it just simply said this with the idea of, um, are we going to get universal, a universal set of rules in the future? And people mm-hmm. said, we, we will, hopefully Congress can act. And just this couple of lines, it said, Republicans are pushing for a narrow law that only addresses the NIL rights. Democrats want to make schools, make schools provide increased medical coverage, academic benefits, 
and the right for athletes to collectively bargain in the future. So this is what I'm saying. You put politics Ew, and what? massive money, which is now the door has been opened. Oh, the doors. This could blow the hell out of college football, college athletics, and it scares the crap out of me because I love it. Yeah. So, But I'm for the guys, uh, for the athletes making money, but this thing could... And it's not even just could college. go out of control. It's not even just college football. I I follow college hockey, and I mean it's a very small, much more, you know, it's tighter. There's not it's not you know a thousand schools. There's eight schools that dominate college hockey year over year over year. There's probably three or four elite players in those of those teams. You get one school that has boosters that can get all four of those dudes. And can do that over and over. See, the, the competitive balance now completely has shifted in hockey, gymnastics, well, volleyball, every tennis, sport. everything. But we're focused on football because that's what we all care yeah, so much about. Here. Yeah. But that does, that part makes me nervous that there's just, I mean, it, it, you can't unscramble the egg at this point. No. No. See, and, you, and but there's no rules on it. Politicizing it and then putting. Ew, just the fact that you're putting Republicans and Democrats into it and then they're going to fight over things. I mean, it yeah, just... argue over what's what. Yeah, because that's what they do over everything. And it's like, no, this is college athletics. If that, <sighs> This is my view. If, if the college athletes can form a union... It's over. ...and collectively bargain, yeah. game, set, match. Yeah. What we have loved, and whether you agree with that or not, you have to agree that if that goes in... It's game. It's game set and match because they did. If they come together as a union, you have the union leaders and the union leaders with so-called votes of all of the members, and they say, "Well, we're going to strike unless we get this, 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 and this." It's, it's over. So, yeah, talk of that scares me. Who knows where this will land? But rules are different from state to state on their laws. So and it's ridiculous. what you're saying, James, is, and then the NCA comes up with some rules to fill in some gaps. Well, okay, but which is supposed to address what you've said. Boosters are not allowed to do this because it it still breaks NCA rules. Well, how far do those go now anymore? So yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. Here's you're a booster, I'm not a booster. Well. If I then give the guy the check for $65,000 out of my bank account, right? Who I'm the one that wrote the guy the check to come to the University of Utah. Well, that didn't come. Who knows where that money came from? So, I mean, there's ways. There's some rules like at the U, I think, I think it's at the U, some places you have to clear it through the athletic department, right. whatever deals you have, just to make sure that you're not breaking any rules or laws. But if there's no universal rules or laws... That's part of the problem. Well, there's going to be big players yeah. in it. Like it, the, the rule is, one of the rules is, okay, Utah obviously Under Armour School. So one of our athletes could sign with Adidas. He cannot wear Adidas on the field. When he's playing and representing the U on the field, he's an Under Armour athlete. The second he walks off the field, he can throw on an Adidas hoodie, slippers, and be representing Adidas at that point as well. Yeah, <laughs> which is just so which is so strange. Weird. It's so against what everything has been for years and years and years. Not that not that that was right. Yeah, not that what because you know everything that's been going on in the past. In fact, I I, I think they I demand. Damn it, 
that they give back Reggie Bush's Heisman Trophy at this point. Because <laughs> I watched highlights of that dude the other day, and, and he's the best football player I've ever seen in college. And he got his Heisman stripped for doing less than what is legal now. This is a long time coming, though. It is. It just wasn't dealt with properly enough. I don't think the NCAA sucked. Oh, they just, screwed up. They, they should have, they should they have worked suck. with everybody because it, it's coming. It was never going to stop. But now it's just, it's the, as Feinbaum, I think it's accurate. It's the wild, wild west, baby. Mm-hmm. And what scares me is we don't know where it ends. And the reality is, you, all this good talking, even from Harlan, I read his stuff. Sure he kind of. He kind of, yeah, he sugarcoated some stuff. Big oh, I just like to look at the positive is what he said. Well, one of the main rules of economics is the rule of unintended consequences. Oh, yeah. You, have, you may think things are going, are going to go a certain way, and people are going to act a way you want them to act. No. There's always unintended consequences. Especially with money. And actions. And when you've got the ability, now, with all this money, all these agents... It affects the schools themselves, too, and the coaches, because winning is everything. Um, and you start inserting politicians into the matter. That just the I'm just saying, you, the scrambled egg here, it well, scares the how many the crap times is it going to be? I love f- college athletics, particularly football, but it's, yeah, I'm I mean, worried. It's, it's, I'm worried. Get used to hearing, this guy was committed to Florida State. And has now flipped his recruitment to Ole Miss. And we'll never know. Right? Like, the way that happens now, get ready for that to be six All times the time. every day. Because now it's right before some magical thing happens and, and all of a sudden he's driving an Audi to school. It's going to have very adverse effects. So. This whole thing. It does make me nervous because you're right. It, I mean, I love this sport, and I who know in five years from now, who knows where things are going to be. I just wish that it was it was tighter. I w- there would have been a way to do it tighter. Yeah. Because again, going back, I have no problem with these guys making money. I have no problem with we we have a jersey hanging in the bookstore. It has a number two on it. Everyone and their dog knows it's for Zach Moss when he was here. Like that's the Moss jersey, but they don't put. Moss on the back. He doesn't get any money for it, but everyone knows who who that jersey's for. Now, you can have the number two jersey in there, Moss. Yeah, but I see a balance in that. There's there's checks and balances in that. But outside of that, it's chaos. I don't know. I, I I never. Yeah, I don't know, man. It'll be fun. It'll be fun, fun. <laughs> anyway, we don't know what's gonna happen. That's not supposed to be a downer. It's supposed to be a, a great day. Um, I don't think it'll affect. Probably most football players won't make that much money off of this person. Uh, most no. won't make any money off of it. You know, and I guess I, I you got to wonder though. Think about it. You're on the college. You're on a team. Of course, you have it. Like you said, Bryn. I mean, you have a scholarship, so that hundreds of thousands of dollars, if you want to look at it. But be that <laughs> as it may, uh, you're an average, a decent player on a team, college team, but your quarterback and your running backs roll in in an Audi, Beamer, yeah, jewelry all hanging around, all this stuff because they, they've made some cut some deal. I wonder how that's going to play because in the NFL, for instance, even the suck players right. making some cash. They get deals with things. Well, and the yeah. other side but not, of it not is, here, you don't. No. What if you're a 
you know, second string receiver at the U, you're not getting any sponsorship deals. Well, Utah State might come to you, somebody from up there, and offer you a couple thousand dollars to transfer and go to play at a lower tier school. And the, I mean, the, I can see a lot of that now. Who knows, Guys dropping man. down to a, a, a crap school, a BYU, if you will, <laughs> to get paid. I mean, I, I can see that too. I just think the ugliness is, it's already tough enough. It, you said it. There's already ugliness going on, but man, they got to be careful because you can get busted pretty easy. Yeah. <clears throat> or not all easy, of a sudden, but yeah. you can get busted. Can get busted. <laughs> and so they're playing around. But this, the guardrails are gone. Yeah. Just a bunch of talk now. So you got to know the sharks are out there. Oh, yeah. It, it already started. There's certain people on Instagram who have already have brands created for themselves who already have sponsorships. Um, already receiving product from people, the swipe up codes, all that sort of stuff that you see on Instagram. It's already happening. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. There you have it. We're going to talk probably more about that. We're we will hear a lot more. Congrats though. To, I mean, I got to say congrats to our student athletes are able due to their skill and abilities to profit from it. Good for them. Yeah. I yeah. hope that beyond that, I hope they're wise. Mm -hmm. They don't look at themselves beyond before the team. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that they're more important than the team. I just hope that somehow, some way, this can be corralled and everyone can be happy, but experience would tell me when you get this kind of money and you start needing politicians to get involved, it, 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 it usually it doesn't end well. No. But so we'll be that see. as it may, screw that. We've got a season that's coming. It's coming on <laughs> as fast, and I'm excited about it. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking we're going to have a good team. Any last thoughts, Bryn? Let the countdown begin, and i got to pull out all my Utah gear, see if anything fits Get still, you know, out. after the COVID-19 and all that good yeah. stuff. Stadium's almost done. Yeah. We didn't talk about that. Well, in every, I did see announced yeah. every... <laughs> Did that sound weird? <laughs> what was that? Every Pac-12 stadium is 100% capacity. It's, it's awesome. I cannot wait to see all your faces. So football is back. New, we got a new stadium. Gary's going to have his Mountain Dew cocktail. Man, that's good stuff. <laughs> he just loves that they have Mountain Dew in the stadium. So how many, what's your record of how many you've had at a game before? Oh, I don't drink that many over there. You need to drink them. Pre-game. If you count the pre-game. <laughs> That's true. At tailgating. The tailgate, the pre-game, the walkover, you got to have one in hand. Then you sit down, you buy another one. I'm going to make some. He's six deep by That's first true. quarter. The key is, though, to, to sneak in a couple of oh, I'm the Red key. Bulls, and then you mix the, the Gary Ack Smith cocktail <laughs> in the stadium, and then you're good for the game. You are lit, You baby. are into it. <laughs> Even Weber State, you think you can. Oh, freak. <laughs> Absolutely. You're giving away all your secrets. Even Weber State would be an exciting game. You'll be jacked. <laughs> so there you have it. There you go. Weber State in two months. All right. Almost to the day. I know. One final thing. Again, it's not a downer. We just want to thank and remember Jim Fossil, former Utah coach, um, who passed away recently, only at the age of 71. Heart attack, I, I think it was. He didn't have a great record at Utah. 
Um, but he did change some of the climate, and particularly his offenses were were more wide open. And, of course, I think we had a nine-game losing streak to the freaking Zubies. And I think with, <laughs> with Scott Mitchell, we blew the crap out of him up here at the stadium. It's like 64 to 20 or something. I can't yeah. remember the exact score. It was a beautiful day. Yeah. But I remember going to games. I think it was this era. I mean, you just kind of lose track. And Utah would have like 45 points and still lose on a bunch of games. But he had a great offense. But anyway, Fossil, I liked him. Of course, he went on to coach the New York Giants. Uh, our condolences. Um, once a Ute, always Ute, though. All right. Go Utes. Go Utes. It's coming up. Getting excited. All right, I'm a little. I'm a level four now of excitement. Oh, good. I've moved Here up. we go, baby. Yeah. Ready? Let's get it. I'm telling you why. You can see in their eyes, and boys ain't playing. They ready to ride. Shaking the tunnels, just screaming and yelling. If you ain't ready, you get eaten in the song. Taking the field with loads of passion. Swagging out with the flyest fashion. Cameras out, and they steady flashing. Captain's out, we about to get it cracking. Full of crashing in between those lines. You know we about to ride. We're a band of brothers, and we stick together like an army mission. When it's war time, we stacking them W's. Pay attention. Ponies coming with apprehension. We stay on top of our division. We're from BCS buses to playoff contenders. Rise up, now the boy's mad, mad, mad. We at the top.